Hello and welcome to the California Workers' Comp Report. Today is April 6th, and I'm here with Dr. John Alchemy. Hi, John. Hey, Claire. So today we're going to be reviewing some relevant literature from other disciplines and specifically looking at artificial intelligence and statistical analysis. Um, let's, let's start with this book that we uh, read for, for today called Rise of the Robots. Yeah, Rise of the Robots is a pretty interesting um, book. It was actually brought to my attention um, by one of our uh, programming um, partners at RateFast. And, and it's really an eye-opener um, to make people think about a couple of things. One is how automated our society uh, has become. Uh, secondly, how quickly it's moving, okay, because mm-hmm. of, of, of this the strength of computing power, and then, and then finally, what is the impact to us as uh, individuals, um, both from a professional standpoint, employment standpoint, a future standpoint? Um, you know, what do we uh, tell our kids who are trying to figure out what to do in the future um, so they're not uh, replaced by automation before they can even get there with their degrees? It's just a fascinating read. I totally recommend everyone to read it. Agreed. And you uh, heard the author on the radio a um, couple weeks ago, it sounds like, talking about, you know, this started out, this replacement with automation, uh, with just technology kind of coming in on the farms, uh, machines replacing people, but those people still had jobs because they were able to go to the cities and, and find new work. But today, uh, those jobs that were held in the cities now are also being automated. So exactly, it's like, what, what are we going to tell the kids? Yeah, the book is interesting when it talks about uh, automation because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of jobs, you know, went offshore to cheaper labor. Mm-hmm. And now the trend is that a lot of those uh, jobs are reshoring or coming back to the U.S., but they're coming back because they can be automated cheaper than the foreign labor. And, and what's, um, you know, interesting um, about that is, is that, again, it's this process of the automation uh, coming and infiltrating into all levels of jobs and actually uh, all services, uh, medicine and uh, work comp notwithstanding. So, you know, be- before it was like, okay, automation's coming in. It's kicking out the people in the rural areas. They're being driven, you know, into the, into the cities. Um, but now uh, the author, when I was listening to them, and this was a really nice interview with him um, a couple days ago on uh, Morning Marketplace, and he's basically saying, look, automation used to be sort of this thing uh, that, that was very focused, like we said, uh, with the rural situation, but now it's ubiquitous, and now it's more like, well, what is the effect of automation on jobs? And it's And it's very equivalent to, well, what is the effect of electricity on business? Obviously, all businesses are affected by electricity, and the point being that um, all jobs, all industry, all economics is now being affected uh, by automation. Right, which has a huge potential, I think, to you know have positive impact. But unless we address this situation of of where people are going to work and what they're going to do, uh, we're all going to be in a bit of trouble. 
Yeah, and automation is so appealing um, kind of to everyone because it offers accuracy. It offers things to be done, uh, you know, more cheaply. Right. And, and it has, you know, this, this allure of, you know, of, of profits and all the things that go along with that. But, you know, now as it's getting here and it's starting to impact people, um, A, we're not going to be able to turn it off. Um, and uh, B, we now have to have a better understanding about what automation means to us and where are we really going with all this? You know, they're really fascinating questions. Um, again, we do uh, workers' compensation. We do analytics. We have a lot of automation in our RateFast product. Um, but I just love to talk and think about, you know, how this automation is is really infiltrating uh, all aspects of um, of society. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, kind of the Hollywood version of that infiltration, the 2011 film Moneyball and uh, kind of how it relates to statistical analysis and predictive behavior. <laughs> well, Moneyball is actually a, a pretty interesting and, and, of course, entertaining uh, movie that came out with uh, with Brad Pitt. But, but the story behind it is that Moneyball was about um, a manager and and a, um, uh, a financial uh, analyst, and they wanted to basically automate or objectify this process mm-hmm. of uh, picking players. And so the idea was that, you know, the current system uh, was based on these quote-unquote experts. They would go out, they would watch kids hit balls. They would make a determination uh, based on their experience, who was going to be um, worth what and and recruited into the major leagues. Well, what Moneyball was all about was was looking beyond that and saying, look, there are a lot of undervalued players. um, And if we can apply statistics that will reflect how often they can get on base, which means how many runs we will get, um, we will have a new angle and a new advantage in the market because they didn't have a large payroll to buy all the superstars that were, you know, coming up through through their team at the Oakland A's and then getting siphoned off a year or two later. So they, they set out, they looked, they came up with this um, uh, statistical program and they started to select or value players that no one else could see the value in because of this system um, and this automation and this approach that they would take um, to recruiting and making determinations on who played on their team. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of resistance to, to this method, which makes for great drama, but also is a reality. You know, people don't like to be replaced by math. Absolutely not. Well, people just don't like to be replaced or questioned um, yeah. on their expertise. And I see this a lot in workers' compensation. I mean, right now, you know, there are uh, people who will manually uh, check the accuracy of impairment reports. And, you know, and, and whenever they're challenged um, or their expertise is uh, challenged or their method becomes very, very defensive. And and the, the current clients who use this method of, you know, checking impairment reports for accuracy, making determinations on values of claims, uh, you know, they, they cling to this concept that, that the knowledge is only accessible to uh, a precious few who claim to be the experts. And by automating the process, we're basically demystifying we're finding um, really what is in the data set and what the value is of claims. 
And it's, and it's putting at risk these people who call themselves experts in the field. And I'm just using RateFast as an example, but this happens over and over again um, in some of these uh, books that we're citing. And definitely in Moneyball, too. There's a really great scene where, you know, all the recruiters are at the table, and you can see they're visibly uncomfortable with the concept of removing them in favor of data management for their jobs. Precisely. And that is really well discussed in this last book, Super Crunchers, um, which we, you know, talked about as really demonstrating the downfall of the expert when put against st- statistics and, and the power that can come from statistical analysis. Yeah, you know, um, definitely uh, for the listeners, read Rise of the Robots, read... Um, uh, super crunchers and watch Moneyball. If you can do those things, you're going to actually have do those three things. You're actually going to have a pretty good grasp on on the concept of automation. Mm-hmm. Um, the undressing of the expert is is very very interesting to me personally. Um, again, because um, I'm in a field uh, that's traditionally very conservative um, medicine. It's it's very very human intensive, and and comparing that to kind of education, those are the two probably remaining most human intensive um, uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that they're, they're uh, automation proof, but they are resistant. They require a lot of human input in decision making. And that's what makes them so costly. I mean, think about it. The cost of healthcare constantly going up and the cost of education constantly going up. You know, and these are, are two areas of, of uh, professions that are still very human um, intensive. Now, when we start to automate these things, um, the the books actually talk about the concept that, you know, radiology is probably going to be the first medical specialty to fall to automation because it's all about pattern recognition and very mechanical um, and, and uh, you know, less variability between interpretations. Um, I think the people in the, in the medical industry um, – are fearful of this or should be fearful of this. And, and, and it's challenging because we're bringing them a system that is both helpful but threatening to them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's, um, the question is, and definitely this is top discussed in Super Countries, is how to combine the, what can't be automated, which he argues is this idea of like human intuition with uh with utilizing statistics and crunching numbers yeah so you know that's a really interesting um comparison there and and i think what it really comes down to is this handoff of human intuition onto a platform that scales um what the quote-unquote experts know and then standardizes it, refines it, standardizes it, refines it, and all the time more data being piled in. These huge databases are being compiled, and as that information comes in, um, the algorithms uh, become more accurate, they become more validated, they become more uh, consistent, and soon it surpasses uh, the quote-unquote expert um, that built it or designed it um, very quickly, again, because the computing power is so amazing. And move so quickly, right? So let's um, let's go ahead and bring this right back to workers' compensation in California and rate fast and kind of how 
how automation might really solve some of the problems we're seeing today. Yeah, well, automation, um, I just want to compare it, has been um, accepted with open arms in production for a long time um, with regards to efficiencies, to um, product on hand, to, you know, ordering parts, having stuff set on shelf. Um, you know, unsold, those kind of things. And I always look to those industries um, for operations uh, when I look for inspiration around rate fast and what we want to do in the workspace place. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, right now, if, if a stakeholder gets a report and it's been quote unquote reviewed by an expert or the seen by a quote unquote expert doctor in the clinic and that clinic, you know, that doctor has written a report and serves it to the stakeholders. The problem is, is that the stakeholders a, don't, don't really know how to check the accuracy of the expert. And B, they don't know what the context of the result is. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Um, I hurt my shoulder. I go see the quote-unquote expert, and I'm given a value of 6% whole person impairment. Okay, And I will tell you that 99 times out of 100, most of the stakeholders are not able to pick out um, the data gaps in the report, calculation errors, because there are so many um, measurements, what questions should have been asked that weren't asked. And, and they basically look at the value and they look at from their perspective, do I want what I think is a high value? Do I want what I think is a low value? And and so the current system really operates on this black market intuition, um, you know, self-based value of the injury. And what RateFast brings in is it removes all of that subjectivity and that anticipation of what people think the result should be. I want a five. I want a 19. I want it zero. I want it six. And we simply deliver a data set that does give a rating, okay? But the thing that, that it does is it gives context to the injury. So, for instance, our report will provide, okay, the rating based on, you know, the algorithms and the input from the, uh, from the doc gives a result of 7%. But then it goes on to say, but, you know, this report only had 67% of the data present, meaning that it was a D plus data score. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now the, now the stakeholders have some idea to say, okay, I get it. You know, this is, you know, a 7%, but you know, there's only 67% of the data here. Okay. Then it goes on to say, here's what's missing. Okay. Here's the missing questions, the missing physical exams. And suddenly that expert, okay, isn't relevant anymore because we know exactly what he or she did and exactly what's missing. And it's not about being, um, you know, uh, feeling like I did a good job or I'm a bad doctor, a good doctor. It's simply about everyone saying, you know what? We're missing five pieces of data here. These what, this is what they are. Go get them, bring them back to us. And, and when you have a large database, you can validate things like that. So you can validate how much integrity of the data set is there. You can, um, validate the accuracy of the price. You can even validate the authenticity of the data, for instance, you know, in a very large data set um, that is run by algorithms and validation um, guidelines, you can now have a very valuable piece in a tool that you can go back and say, I have a 95% statistical confidence that the data set put forward in this report is correct or incorrect. Okay, and that is a huge value because now we have an additional uh, piece for fraud, um, you know, 
a very large cost um, that California Work Comp and the DWC talk about constantly how they want to, you know, prevent fraud. Um, and then finally, with that rating of 7%, the data set can be adjusted for other similar data sets, and now I can deliver a percentile of the outcome of this claim. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you now that this shoulder missing 67% of the data um, is a 57 percentile result based on all other adjusted um, uh, shoulder injuries like it. And that is something that we have absolutely no access to right now. And, and that's what's really, really exciting um, in work comp from my standpoint. Yeah, and, and mine too. And we think, um, you know, everyone should be excited about it. But there, there is resistance. So I'm, I'm really happy to have read these books and, you know, see it's resistance for good reason, I think. But I think that the solution is to really come on board as humans and say, look, we, we have to partner with the robots, with, with the database, with the number crunching. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thanks so much uh, for this interesting discussion, and we will talk to you next time. Okay, Claire, thank you. All righty, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the California Workers' Comp Report. You can follow RateFast on Twitter at RateFast or visit www.rate-fast.com to learn more.